Aren't you glad he knows what we need this morning? Amen. He's a God who never fails us. And he's, whatever situation we're in, he's got it all in control. He knows everything we need. He knows exactly how to let things happen even in our lives. Everything that happens is there to shape us. Amen. To mold us, not to defeat us, but to give us overcoming power. We thank God for that overcoming power. Amen. What grace he's given. Can we just bow our heads for a moment as we ask the Lord's blessings today? Lord, we love you. We thank you. We glorify your name because you are worthy. And that there is no one like you, Lord. The Old Testament would say of all the gods of all the earth, you are God. And we know, Lord, there's really no other God. There's no competition. You're the only one. Lord, you're the creator of all. You're the giver of every good and precious gift. You're the God of mercy and the God of grace. You're the God who positions us in our places and ordains our steps and puts us where we are. We could not do this on our own, Lord. We could only do it as you ordain us to do. Lord, and we believe that we're ordained for this hour and for this time, Lord, that we've come here for such a time as this to take our stand in this evil age. And though we're beset on every side, though there's disappointments along the road, there is nothing that can stop this invincible army. For we have been called for a purpose to finish the race. And we will not let hindrance hinder us. But we'll stand firm on the word of God and on its truth. I pray, Lord, for your children today that have gathered in your name, that you would bless them. That bride around the world, Lord, that's your people, Lord. God, you know them. Some have reached out to me from other nations this week. Some with needs in their lives, Lord. It seems like there's so many needs. Demon oppressed, spirits having them bound. Oh, God, people in such need, Lord, you know, understand. You understand the needs of your people, Lord. You hear the faintest heart cry, even those that are possessed with legions today. Lord, that little cry, this maybe you can't even hear it. As a man, it would be under their breath, but you hear it, Lord. And you hear them say, Jesus, help me. Lord, I pray, God, you'll, not, you'll undertake for your people. Lord, as I said, hearing from other countries around the world, Lord, as they've written to me this week, expressing the joy of hearing the word of God preached in power. Lord, may you bless your people, O oh God, and give them a hope and know that they have a hope and a future. Lord, you have not left us alone. You've got it all in control. You've never left us and you won't forsake us, but you're right here to the end time. Now, Father, as we look into the word today, just make our hearts ready to receive. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Can I get you to turn with me in the Bible to John chapter 15 and verse 1? Amen. We appreciate each one of you that are here this morning. Pray God's blessings upon you. 
Man, I certainly appreciate the musicians and they're given to the Lord. Amen. We'll thank Brother Sam Patton for playing the organ for us this morning. Amen. As as, um, we have ones that are out on holiday, it's good that God sends others to help along, help us along the journey. Amen. So we appreciate the Lord for that. And and we want to welcome their family today that is here, visiting from Georgia. And may the Lord just be with them as um, they uh, follow the leadership of the Lord and find that guidance for their lives. John chapter 15, verse 1, we want to read from, I am the true vine, my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean to the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so that ye shall be my disciples. Amen. May God bless the reading of his word. You can be seated. Amen. How wonderful is God's truth. Amen. We just uh, see so many things that lies within the Word of God. I I wanted to just share with you that um, we just had a reprinting of the three titles that we've done for outreach, which is one on the Godhead and baptism in Jesus' name, and also uh, the five comings of Elijah, speaking about the prophecies concerning Elijah in this day, and also on the original sin. If you don't understand what the original sin was, then you, you cannot uh, make the connection of all the scriptures to the Bible. And so we made them, and I just wanted to say uh, for you overseas, they're available in a PDF that you can print them out and share them. They're, um, they're not to at all replace the message, they're simply for outreach. And um, for you at home folks, it's a good thing to, to share with others. Amen, and, um, and of course, it's, a, it's, it's what I wrote it for was outreach tools, and I believe it'll be a blessing to the bride of Christ. So we just had those done, and um, so we have a new, a new stock of them available for those that would be interested. And um, also this morning, you know, because we're here at a special time, and, and I trust you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Amen, and gave thanks unto the Lord for his blessings upon us as you gathered with family. Amen, God bless you, Brother Orlando, Sister Regina, God bless you for being here today. Everybody, just glad you're here. Amen, if you're a visitor in our midst, we're happy that you're here. They're not visitors, they're home folks. Amen, so it's nice to see them. It's like getting a good drink of water, you know, when you've been real thirsty. So, been real thirsty to see you, brother. Sister, God bless you for being here. Amen. But I trust you've had a wonderful Thanksgiving. And, amen. And uh, we were blessed as we um, gathered with our family and then 
had friends and extended family and just enjoyed a, a day of togetherness and thanksgiving unto our Lord for his goodness. And I trust you did the same and, and uh, ask, ask that God would bless you in a, in a great way in your family. I, you know, um, I thought about it. You know, there's been many, many Thanksgivings. I can remember as a boy going to uh, Brother Branham's meetings in Shreveport when uh, he was there at Life Tabernacle um, for the Thanksgiving meetings in 63 and then again in 65. And, and those were special days. And God was telling us things, you know, for example, that there was a bride that was being united with Christ. And he would speak that message on the invisible union. And um, then, of course, works his faith expressed and uh, trying to do God's service. And, and then uh, the, the other and on the wings of a snow white dove and those mighty messages that were preached as God was um, imparting some things to us as um, the, the prophet was bringing the final messages that he would preach here upon the earth. And um, so, you know, it's a, it's a time of remembrance. And I think our, our um, nation started this tradition back in uh, George Washington's day where that they, um, uh, you know, signed into a, an order to, for the nation to stop and remember God's blessings upon us and the provisions that he made and given us a new country. And, and um, as I reflected upon that, I... I shared some thoughts with our deacons here and minister friends uh, also that I have. And I just wanted to kind of share them with you this morning as I preface some of the things that I'm going to speak on because I think it also reflects the, the future that we have as the bride of Christ. And I, and I just said that the brothers as one of the many who trace their heritage back to the Pilgrim's Fathers, and so thus identified with them there. I want to express my thanksgiving to our great God and Savior for bringing us to this land, because in this day, God sent a message to us here. And we know it came here in America. I think it was a sovereign thing of God. He could have chosen, uh, you know, a little bitty country somewhere without the means to spread it around the world. But he chose it right here in the West at the, at the setting of the sun as the message reaches its climax before it goes back to the East. And so God sent a message to us which has brought freedom to many thousands around the world. And we have been saved from the slave belt of sin and the tyranny of false religions that oppressed us. And today as we pause to give thanks... I'm thankful for you, my fellow comrades, who fight bravely in this battle for freedom. You have blessed me with your passion for truth. We have conquered much, and for that I'm thankful, but yet there's more. Today, I want to thank you for your labors in the Lord and for each church that has been established, but surely we have not possessed it all. Are we not like Israel who has conquered much and has one of the finest military forces in the world yet within sight but just out of our grasp lies the Temple Mount in Hebron where the tombs of Abraham and Sarah lay. And both of these places even today remain in the hands of hostile strangers. 
And the same is true for us. A resurrection and a rapture still lays before us. It is this ground where patriarchs of the faith were laid as a seed, and they still await our arrival, for without us, they cannot be made perfect. It must be conquered. It must be our possession. Surely it is now that sons of God will be manifested and shall rise to the occasion for the final battle from mortal to immortality. So brothers and sisters, while we pause to give thanks for a restored word, for an unsealed book, for the gospel of St. Paul, let us continue the book of Acts going from glory to glory and from victory to victory until every hill and valley of this great land of this promised word is free from enemies and we step from everything mortal into immortality. But when this battle is over, it is then we will wear the crown. I feel that we have so much more to accomplish and I'm totally dissatisfied for where we are at this time. Surely someone must break the cycle. Surely God wants to do more than in past ages. In past ages, Luther broke from the land of bondage into the glorious freedom of the just shall live by faith. It was a glorious revelation. Many broke free with him and shouted and glorified God for this newfound freedom from the tyranny of Rome. These broke out into little groups and homes and shanties and eventually with new buildings dedicated to the preaching of that revelation. New signs were put over the doors of other, uh, were put over uh, many other doors identifying themselves with Luther's revelation. And soon they settled down in Lutheran churches, content with the portion of truth that was revealed. And gradually they became as dead as the Catholics with a little different philosophy. The same repeated with the Methodists and later the Azusa movement. And we have now accomplished what the Lutherans and Methodists and the Azusa movement have done. We have our own buildings that, with names that identify us with the message. Some of these are nicer buildings than the denominations we left. But sadly, far too more, far too many have a name that they are living, but they're dead. And while I'm thankful for a place where the word can be fully preached... I am far from satisfied. Surely God wants more than new buildings where a different philosophy is preached. My prayer is, God, don't let that be our plight. Please don't let us be a repeat of the cycle of revival and death. So onward to the prize before us. There must be another book of Acts written. And not just one of his failures and wars over doctrines and persecutions. But a book of Acts continued, where, and where the apostle, and, and not a place where the apostle apostolic fathers aimed at and relaxed, we must not. This must not be just a repeat of the book of Acts, but a continuation of the same outpouring of the same Holy Spirit that wrote a book of Acts. No, don't dismiss, don't mistake this for utterances of discouragement. <coughs> but rather I am encouraged that there are some who will break this cycle of revival and death and return to the power of Pentecost 
to welcome back the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, I believe he will find faith when he returns. Sharon from the Ephesian church age, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. How tragic it is that this first age did not listen to the Spirit, but instead listened to man. But thank God in the last age, there will be a group rise up, the true bride of this last day, and she will listen to the Spirit. And in that day of gross darkness, the light will return by the pure word, and we will return to the power of Pentecost to welcome back the Lord Jesus Christ. What a promise that is today. It's a promise that I hold dear. As we are getting ready for the service today, I'm going to be speaking to you on taking possession of your promise. As we have read from Numbers 33 and 53 in prior services, I bring it to your attention again. And ye shall dispossess the inhabitants of the land and dwell therein, for I have given you the land to possess it. And of course, we know that this land, Brother Branham said, is not the millennium because he says um, the millennium, uh, there won't be any wars to have to uh, possess it. But he said it's the land of the Holy Ghost. And he said uh, just like Israel was given a land when they left Egypt, go to this promised land, they found out it was already inhabited. There had been other nations that had dwelt there before and since Abraham's time and taken possession of it. And so they would have to actually go and overthrow and dispossess a land that was already occupied. And, and in doing so, there would be the Amorites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Jebusites and all of these. And they were instructed to not make a treaty with them but to totally dispossess them and to cast them out and to take their pos- the possession of. Of course, this discouraged the heart of Israel because they just wanted a, a land that was just handed over to them. They wanted it to be a land that was empty and, and nobody was there and, and uh, they could just go in and take it. But they had to soon realize that they would have to fight for every square inch. And they would have to dispossess the enemy that was there. And in doing so, it would, be, it would come with great difficulties. It would come with great tests of faith. It would come with a time where the enemy would whisper to them, but you know, from the walls of Jericho, you look like a grasshopper in their sight. And, you know, it would be a time where that they would, um, they would be severely tested to the point, and then, and then they would get even satisfied with the little portion that they got. And, and it would finally be wrote in the book of Judges, and neither did Naphtali inherit it all and dispossess all their enemies. But the, the Amorites still remained in their land, and neither did, and neither did, and neither did. And it would, it would list all of these that, that here they come and they got a portion, but they didn't get it all. And I don't know how you feel this morning, but I, I am not interested in just a partial promise. Amen. But I want to see a people come into their full inheritance and take complete possession 
of their promised land. And when we see the land of Israel and her restoration back to her ancient homeland, and we can testify today of miracle after miracle after miracle during their wars for independence and wars uh, in the Yom Kippur War or, or whatever it was where, where, that they were, um, uh, where they were going to be overrun by the enemy. But see Jehovah God come down in a miraculous way and give them victories that, that was astonishing to the world that it could even happen when they were far outnumbered. Where they, were, where they were outgunned, outnumbered, and, and everything else, but they had God on their side. They had prophecy on their side. And I want to say to you, we have prophecy on our side. We have, a, we have a God on our side. Amen. All of heaven stands behind the possession of this promised land. And the word of God has been given to a people in this last day. <coughs> Excuse me. But now, but uh, as I said, they, they even fall under the promise uh, of God. Even the word that said in Joel, I will restore, saith the Lord. That was, that was given to Israel as a people, as a nation, but it's also given to spiritual Israel. We mostly preach it of what it belongs to us and our restoration. But you can also see the same God that said, I will restore for this bride has also said it for Israel. Amen. I will restore, saith the Lord. And against all odds, amen, against every opposition, against being outnumbered, amen, yet the word of God was for them. Prophecy was for them. God was on their side. He was there in every battle. And I want you to know as we sang the song, he's got it all under control. He's there in every battle. Amen. He's there in every chest. He's there in every trial. Amen. And he will dispossess the enemy, but he's going to use you to do it. And this is what Israel didn't realize. It would be God that would dispossess the enemy. Amen. But he was going to use Israel to do it. And it would not be by might and it would not be by man's power, but it would be by God's spirit. And this is how he would dispossess the enemy. Amen. And I just want to say today when I realize yet how much we have, but yet how much more we need to take. Amen. Then I say, then why sit we here idle? There's more of God's promises to be possessed. I can hear Brother Bradham say about his church, he said, I want you all fully into the Holy Ghost. I want you so fully into this land. Don't stay behind. He said, you know, you, you come out, you're crossed, and some of you have been justified by faith, and you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, but you belong across the river. Amen. And some of you have had sanctification and the works of sanctification. He can point back to the pilgrim holiness and the Nazarene and whatever he said. But, but he said, I'm saying that there's somebody got to cross over. And I'm saying the same thing this morning. There must be a people that cross over into the full promise. Amen. Jericho being sealed up and the seals being open and the walls coming down. It just means the whole land is open. It don't mean less. It means more. 
Amen. It doesn't mean we stop at Jericho where the seals were open. It means that the, because it's, that's open and the key now to the rest of the land is given to you. Because when you realize who you're where you're standing with a title deed in your hand, with a possession that God gave you, with a word that has been confirmed, amen, then when you realize that, amen, then you can possess healing. You can possess deliverance. You can possess a rapture. You can possess a resurrection. You can possess every promise that God made in his word. And Brother Branham would say, but to you who believe, oh God, to you who know, to you who's got something in you calling to the deep. I just wonder, is there anybody today got something calling to the deep? He said, if all the deep in you has been satisfied, then stay where you are. Amen. But for me and my house, amen, for, for me, there's something more than what he sees. There's a land beyond the river somewhere. There's still a deep call into the deep. And he says, I cannot be satisfied with theology. I cannot be satisfied with a good church. I cannot be satisfied with a good campaign. I cannot be satisfied with a little healing service. There's something beyond that that's calling. I believe I'm talking to people who are called. Called to the finish line. Now, you know, it's great that we have the word. It's wonderful to understand doctrine. And we often hear it preached the word, the word, the word, and certainly we must have it. And I believe we have received it. But I want to say, but what good is it in book form? Or what good is it in just a sermon form? What value is it having the theology perfect if it don't live? Amen. Even Brother Brandon spoke against putting too much of the stress on the mechanics, which he called the word, and nothing on the dynamics, which he said the spirit. And that, that pretty much describes the failure of thousands of churches today. 1 Thessalonians 1 and verse 5. I'm just going to share a few scriptures with you about how the word originally came. He says, for our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance as you know what matter of man we were among you for your sake. So here he, would, here he would speak of these very things. It didn't come to you in word only, but also in power and in demonstration. He would say in, in 1 Corinthians 4.20, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. And in Mark 16.20, and they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. Amen. Hebrews 2 and 4, God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. God bearing them witness. 
He would say in Romans 15 and 19, for he says through mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. And the gospel of Christ is not fully preached unless it's with mighty signs and wonders. Amen. The word wasn't preached as a dead letter, but also in power, in the Holy Ghost, and much assurance. Amen. In Acts 14 and verse 38, they gave testimony unto the word of his grace and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. It was God-given testimony. Verse, uh, verse 4 of 1 Corinthians 2, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration and of power. That your faith should not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Amen. Verse 11 of chapter 19 of Acts. And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and evil spirits went out of them. So now we know then how the word comes. And what follows the word? Amen. Now, we don't follow signs. We follow the word, and then the, the signs follow the word. For the Bible said, the signs shall follow them that believe. Amen. So if it's the word, it must live. We can talk about it all we want to. We can dissect it all we want to. We can, we can break it down and use our Greek words and, and bring our truths and polish them out and show them. But if it don't live, what good is it? Amen. It's got to live. It's got to live in your life. It's got to live in my life. Amen. It's got to live in the church. It's got to live with power. Amen. A power to live an overcoming life. A power to stand true in the, in the hour of trials and temptation. A power to heal our sick. Amen. To save the lost. To fill with the Holy Ghost. A power. Not just word only. Now, if it's the word that we're preaching, then signs must follow the word. The disciples were, were not told, well, Jesus had signs in his ministry, so you're not required to. No, that's not what Jesus told them. He told them his last words to them. He said, these signs are going to follow them that believe. The same signs that I had, you're going to have. The works that I do, you're going to do them also. These were the words of Jesus, his last words that he would give to the church. Signs must follow them that believe. Amen. And, and so signs must not just follow the word when Jesus preached it, though. Signs must follow the word when we preach it. Amen. Signs follow, shall follow believers. And Jesus said, that is the identity of the church. The identity of a believer is signs will follow them. Amen. Now, Brother Branham would, oh, it was said in perfect faith. I'm going to just share this quote with you here. He said, now the identification of a scripture 
scripture Christian, these words, said Jesus, these signs shall follow them that believe. Now, how can you call yourself a believer of people and deny those words? How can you call yourself a believer and deny any of this word? See, you can't do it. You're not a believer. Therefore, signs can't follow because you just accept what you want to believe and let the rest of it you want. Don't believe it. But you've got to take the whole thing and believe it. And when you truly believe, not make believe, but really believe, then these signs shall follow them that believe. Oh, how could you compare a Christian today with them Christians of long ago? How them disciples walked in the power of the Spirit. Moved by the Holy Ghost, do it. Just a prisoner, as I preached on the other night, a prisoner to the Word and will of God. He couldn't even move until God moved him. Wouldn't you like to see a church rise like that? It's going to. It's going back. It's got to come. That's right. It's on his road now. I believe. Amen. How many, how many more miles have we went down the road now? We're closer now than when we first believed. Amen. And Christ the mystery, Brother Branham said, if a man says he's born again and tries to take these promises of God, of Christ in this last day to some other age, making him Christ yesterday, or not, but not today, then that man or that person has been in a delusion by Satan. And if that man says he believes that and it don't manifest itself through him, Jesus said in Mark 16, these signs shall follow them that believe. Amen. Into all the world, into every age. Amen. Casting out devils, speaking with, with tongues, and all these great manifestations of gifts that would follow, that they shall, not they may be, they ought to, but they will, and the heavens and earth will pass away, but his word won't. Now, you see, Jesus was the word but he wasn't a creed. He wasn't just a dogma. He wasn't just a, an ordinance of the church. He was a living word. Amen. And his pride will be the same. She will be the living word of God or the word of God alive. Amen. Now, as the word bride, the, bride, or the word must be an action. Remember, the message is not a new philosophy. It's a people that are Jesus Christ in action. Amen. A people that do the work of Christ. Now, God has done great things in this day. Amen. You, know, you see, and when we talk about it, the seals weren't removed from the book. Though to make you a, a stuffed shirt with more knowledge... The book was not opened to replace denominational creeds with message creeds, but rather to open the title of inheritance so that a people would know their boundaries. Amen. And the definitions of this promised land so we would know what is ours. Amen. The opening of the seals would expose the Antichrist who had taken away the Holy Spirit, who had taken away the doctrines of the church, a man who had went forth conquering and to conquer, and it would undo what the Antichrist had done. Did you hear me? 
Amen. And it would restore back not just the truth, but the power of that truth. Amen. So it wasn't given to replace, re- replace the, the, um, the word or the philosophies of man, rather. It was, it was given to us to, to reveal what is ours, what belongs to us. And the removing of the seals and revealing of the symbols would give us an abstract to title. Now, we have a deed. And I want to say this morning, we have a deed, a title that has been searched. And every claim against it removed. Amen. And it gives us a right. <laughs> to the full indwelling of the Holy Ghost, that the full power of the blood might be made known to us. Amen. That the blood, the power of the blood, the the cleansing power of the blood has has so removed every sin stain, every guilt stain off of the church of Jesus Christ so that we can have the true baptism where we can have know the Godhead where we could know what the apostles preached and we would come back to the original apostolic doctrine that the church has left down to the age. And I want to say all claims that is against us has been struck off. Amen. Everything, the Lutheran, the Wesley, the Pentecostal, anything, the Catholicism, all of them have done. Amen. Every mark of unbelief that has been put in their, in their guidebooks has been struck off of you. And today we have an abstract title deed. And the deed is clear. It is yours. The devil don't have a claim on you. And when you receive the Holy Ghost as an individual, ever sin, whether your daddy did it, your mother did it, your grandparents did it, whether whether it went back all the way back, amen, don't make no difference who did what, it is all struck off. Your sins, generational curses, stop right here. Amen. What, what they were cursed for, what they lived under bondage for, what the devil tacked on them, it don't have to be tacked on you because you have an abstract title deed that everything against you has been struck off. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter. Your mama, your mama might have been a prostitute. You may not even know who your daddy is. You may not know who your granddaddy is. You may know, you may have every kind of claim and whatever, but I'm telling you, every bit of it has been struck off. It can't keep you out of a rapture. It can't keep you out of heaven. It can't keep you out of the promise of God. You have an abstract title deed, which is the baptism of the Holy Ghost that is struck off every claim that was against you. Hallelujah. It revealed just the power of the blood. It was able to go back generations. Amen. Were they, were they messed up? And correct all the error. Every 
claim the devil had against you. Did you hear what I said? Whether Luther did it, Wesley did it, Pentecost did it, whether Catholic did it, whether this creed did it, that creed, it's all been struck off. Amen. Whether your mother did it, your granddaddy did it, whether no matter who it was in your past. Amen. That may have been your past of your first birth, but in your new birth, there is no such a past. For you have been washed, you have been cleansed, even your old sins are under the blood of Jesus, and you stand justified. Hallelujah! Ready to speak a word of power! Because you have faith in the atonement, you got faith in the blood, you know what the blood did for you. It washed us, it made us clean, it wiped away sin, it wiped away darkness! into the light and the light said there's no shame on you there's no shame on you you are the bride the bride of Jesus Christ you never did it in the first place you are justified declared blameless declared blameless declared blameless Redeemed, 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 restored back to what we fell from. Oh, if you only realize where the blood positioned you as the inheritors of in this land. It's all yours. Hallelujah. Oh, isn't God good to us? Let's just take a moment to worship Him. Let's take a moment to think. Oh, this is why the prophet would say, Oh, what a thanksgiving! to be in. Oh, what a position that he's placed you in. Oh, what a thanksgiving. We have a deed and it's been searched and every claim against you removed. And it gives us the right to the full indwelling of the Holy Ghost that the full power of the blood might be made known to us. Oh, yeah. Under the Old Testament, an illegitimate child couldn't come in or in its descendants for what was eight, ten generations. That was because that blood was limited. But this blood is unlimited. That, that's because that blood didn't have enough power. The blood of bulls and goats could never take away sin. But this blood, this blood, hallelujah, wipes away every stain. Amen. And now you go back, amen, trace your lineage back, all the way back to the apostolic fathers, to Jesus Christ himself, and say, I was born of him. Oh. 
his child. I'm his son. I'm his daughter. And I'm not just covered by the blood as if a paint covered over my past. But this was no paint. This was a bleach that annihilated my past and put it back on the head of Satan himself. And as wonderful as that is, the giving of the title does not make us a possessor of the land. It only tells us what is legally ours. The land will only be given to the conqueror. Amen. And we're in the greatest battle ever fought. And there is still much of this promised land to be possessed. Brother Branham said an uncertain sound. There's only one certain sound. That's the gospel. Prepare for battle. What battle? The coming of the Lord. Prepare yourself now against evil. When evil is besetting the people on every hand, everything is going wrong and home life is going wrong and UN is failing and nations are breaking and atomic bombs around and home splitting up and motherhood and it's going low and immorals among the people and distrust among one another and all denominations fussing and stewing. What do you want to do? Be certain and prepare yourself for battle. Amen. All of these uncertainties and all this turmoil goes to show you the devil's scared. Amen. He's doing everything to disrupt. He's bringing every accusation he can against you. He turns everything against you. He'll turn churches against you, people against you, friends against you, fellow ministry against you. He'll turn all kinds of things against you, but he can't win. You're unstoppable. You're an invincible army. Amen. We are not sound in retreat and we're not going back, but we're possessing all. Brother Brandon would say, I believe the greatest battle that was ever fought is now ready to go into action. And I believe God has been selecting his soldiers. Look around at one another and say, and say to one another, Why are you here? Amen. It's because God's been selecting his soldiers. Hallelujah. Amen. He's been selecting his soldiers, and I believe he's dressing them. I believe he's been training them. But I want to say that your boot camp is over. Amen. This is what we've been trained for. This is what we've been equipped for. This is why he gave us a weapon for, to defeat our enemy. And the battlefront is now set, getting ready to start. Oh, he, could, he would end up that sermon with one of the greatest charges that a general could say to his soldiers. And from this day henceforth, don't never put that sword in the sheath anymore. Pull it out. Let's conquer. They went forth conquering and to conquer. 
All right, again, that verse, onward, Christian soldiers. Do you hear the message? Onward, Christian soldiers. He sees the bride arrayed and marching to what? The tune of onward. It's never backwards. It's not retreat. It's go forward. It's not being satisfied and camp down here. Hey man, oh, you've got, you got a nicer church than the Baptist or the Methodist, and your fellowship hall is the envy of everybody. And oh, that's not it. It means nothing. Hey Amen. What means it, brother, is life, the word to live, the power to be in the people. Hey Amen. In righteous lives and holy lives and overcoming power in our young people. Young people that said, I overcame pornography. I overcame the demons. I overcame drugs. I overcame alcohol. I overcame sexual sins. I overcame it all. I'm not defeated. Hallelujah. I fought it and I overcame it. Amen. I'm a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. He said the hour, the great hour of charge is at hand. Hallelujah. Soldiers with armors gleaming, colors streaming. Faith and doubt is setting yourself in array in this tabernacle this morning. But doubt on one side and faith on the other. Soldiers stand at your post of duty. Hallelujah. Our captain, the morning star, leads on. He never goes back. He don't know the word retreat. He don't have to retreat. And the greatest battle ever fought, she's going on right now in here, yes, sir, between life and death, between sickness and health, between faith and doubt, between liberty and bondage. The battle is on. Shine your spears, soldiers. Polish up the army. And the armor, God is getting his soldiers ready. Amen. God anoints his army. Amen. I just want to tell you the word has always, has over, always overcome the enemy and breaks the yoke because of the anointing. Hallelujah. You say, Brother Jim, what kind of anointing are we under? And I saw another mighty angel. I didn't see a weak angel. I didn't see a powerless angel. I didn't see an angel that can't go up against cancer or sickness or drugs or alcohol or demon possession. I didn't see an angel like that. I saw another mighty angel. Hallelujah. A mighty angel. And I'm preaching to people today that are under that anointing of a mighty angel. And they're not anointed to failure. They're anointed to victory. Because in every age, amen, God had victory. No matter what age it was. Come on. Amen. Oh, brother, there's been a lot of dark hours. There's been a lot of discouraging moments. When Adam and Eve would walk out of the garden, you know, failure, as failures and, and, and whipped and, and, and depressed and, and slaves now to sin and whatever. And they would come back with their children back to the gate of Eden. And they would worship God and offer a sacrifice longing to get back 
It was during that time and that moment that Abel got a revelation from God. Amen. He was handed a sword, a weapon. Come on, somebody. And that weapon cut a hole through the darkness and shone all the way to Calvary. And he offered a lamb because he said, one day there'll come a lamb. And that lamb will defeat that devil. He'll bruise him under our feet. He'll make us conquerors. Hallelujah. Amen. And he cut a hole in the darkness of that hour to bring light to a darkened world. To give a hope to hopeless people. To give a faith to faithless people. Amen. That there would come a redeemer. And that redeemer would break the head of, of the serpent and bruise his head and bring redemption. Oh, hallelujah, I know it's true because I'm standing on the backside of this prophecy and I'm saying he was wounded for my transgressions and he was bruised for my iniquity and the chastisement of my peace was upon him and by his stripes I am healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, what a promise word. Amen. The Bible would say, Every one of them did this through faith. Hebrews 11 would would list them as the heroes of faith. And he said they all did it by faith. And God sends a prophet in this day to make sure your heart was turned back to that faith. Amen. Not rules, not regulations. To the faith. To the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Amen. To the faith of the apostle Paul. To the faith of Peter. Can I say it to you? To the faith of Jesus. Amen. That he returns the people back to faith again. Because every age has had to take the sword of faith and defeat the enemy with it. And the word of God will defeat the enemy anywhere, anytime, in any place. Amen. And so a sword was given into the hand of Enoch. Somebody with me? It was a sword. It was a faith sword. It was a revelation. There was a revelation given him. I want you to understand, Enoch walked with God 300 years. How many remembers that in the Bible? (coughs) He walked with God 300 years. He lived 365 years. So 65 years, he had a past that he didn't walk with God. But his past didn't keep him from a rapture. Hallelujah. Don't that give you hope? Your past has nothing to do with your future. you from your walk. It will, it will not make you stumble on the journey. It, uh, oh no, your past has no control over you anymore. It has no control. It, it can't stop you. It can't hinder you. It can't turn you around. It can't depress you. It, nothing that it has of your past can stop you in this walk with God. And every time the devil comes, you just take 
another step, another step, and another step. You don't quit. Hallelujah. And Enoch's revelation was, I'm not going to quit until I possess. Hallelujah. Enoch's was, I mean, this adventure was really good, but I want another adventure. Amen. Enoch's revelation did not make him satisfied with where he was. He just made him say, I want some more of that, Jesus. I want another step, Jesus. Draw me just a little closer, Lord. It didn't stop him. Amen. He just kept going. That's what real revelation will do in a heart. It'll just cause you to keep on going. It won't stop you. People can't stop you. What people say about you can't stop you. Amen. Other people's failures can't stop you. When others lead the message and say it ain't for me, amen, it don't stop me. It won't stop you either. We just take another step. We just go a little deeper. We just climb another higher. Hallelujah. One day Enoch by his sword fought through all the devils of hell until he got so close to heaven he was closer there than what he was to earth. So he just took another step and changed bodies. I'm ready to take another step. Amen. I believe there's going to be a bride. I believe Enoch was prophesying. The Bible said his prophecy was on the coming of the Lord. That he said, he said that, that Enoch prophesied of the Lord's coming with 10,000 of his saints. Hallelujah. I believe there's going to be tens of thousands that will raise from the dead of the seven ages. Amen. The Lord's coming with ten thousands of his saints for people that are alive and remain to the coming of the Lord who have that revelation. Amen. Now we may be venturing out a little bit, but it is said that Enoch built a pyramid. He's the one that built it. They can't figure out today how, how they were built. But they said Enoch built a pyramid. And in his pyramid, he built it without a capstone. Amen? That's right. He built it without a capstone. Because he knew that the capstone hadn't come. But in a future generation, there would come a completion of the church and Christ would unite with his body and take his take a, a rapture and, and Enoch's name for a pyramid was the place of ascension but the Egyptians turned them into tombs hello did anybody hear that or did that just kind of drop the Egyptians turned it into tombs. Amen. God didn't give us this place. Are you with me? Amen. To become another tomb. Another Baptist tomb or Methodist tomb or message tomb. Come on. This word is not a place for a tomb. 
This word is a place of ascension. Amen. That we're leaving from here. You see, it was all done by faith. I was hearing Brother Branham preach a sermon back in the 50s. The other day, wonderful message. And he was talking about Noah. How that Noah had a word from God. He was given a sort of faith. And that word was given him. And he said, I, I didn't understand why in the world that God would tell him to do what he did. To go and build an ark. And he said this ark was made out of, out of something that was called gopher wood. And it's real porous. And it just soaks up. It'll just soak up the waters. It'd soak up the liquids. It was porous and would soak up. Said so you'd never get an ark to float like that. And he said, I wondered about it. And, and then he said, I, I realized that it represented porous humanity. That you were made with a place to feel. And God wasn't through just to build it out of gopher wood, but he instructed them, go get, go get a, a cedar tree or a pine tree or, or another tree, an evergreen. Amen. Representing eternal life. And cut that tree down. And get the sap out of it. And take the life of that tree and put it in, into that porous wood. And light it within and without. And once it became filled with that pitch, it, it would, there was nothing, no storm, no waters could get through. Are you with me? Amen. Nothing could, no torpedo, no, no, no tree could hit against it. No, nothing could destroy it. Nothing could poke a hole in it. It was now as hard as steel. And he said, that's what God did. Amen. He cut down his own eternal life tree, the Son of God, and poured his life out into porous humanity to give you the seal of the Holy Ghost. And it's a seal on the inside and the seal on the outside. The devil can't get to you if he wants to. Hallelujah. No trial, no test, no problem that you go through can break through that seal of that evergreen life. It's eternal life. By faith, he did it. I went through that a replica, they say, of that ark and all their ideas of how it could be and what they did and all their reasons trying to prove it. And they had some pretty good reasoning. They had reasoning, no, the animals, you see, wasn't large animals, mature animals. They were all baby animals, and so they could all fit in smaller cages and this, and, you know, they had all of this, and, you know, then they had uh, ideas of waste disposal and all of this. Don't explain to me. I've been a farmer. I've been a farmer, and I can't, uh, you know, I know, I, I, I know the... The, the, the muck that is left behind just with a few animals and how much work it takes to keep that cleaned up. Don't we, Brother James? Amen. We know all about that. Amen. That was a daily chore we had to do to keep the thing cleaned up. Can you imagine, you know, one or two of every kind of species? Eight people couldn't do it. 
They stayed up day and night. You, you know, so all their figuring and everything else, you have to realize there was a supernatural element somewhere. That this was more than what the reason that a man could figure out. The reason a man would say it wouldn't float. The reason a man could say, you know, all, all of their arguments against it, because that's reasoning. But you see, Noah didn't reason all of that out. Amen. He didn't have it all figured out. He just did what God said. And the supernatural God closed the door of the ark. Amen. And took them 40 days and nights through the journey of the tumultuous seas and landed them safely on dry ground. How did God do it? Oh, the same way he did, feeding 3 million Jews through the wilderness and getting rock, uh, water out of a rock and bread out of heaven. <coughs> but man wants to reason it out. But Noah didn't reason. He just believed what God said. When are we going to learn that reasoning will get us nowhere? You're just going to have to put your faith in the Word. I can imagine. I could imagine there was a lot of disheartening days. I can imagine when some would look through their website and say, hey, that ain't the Holy Ghost. Oh, God, don't do that anymore. Throw another tomato. Oh, that person there, they don't have the Holy Ghost. That couldn't have been the Holy Ghost. You're just an unbeliever. I know what the Holy Ghost is. I've tasted it, I've experienced it, and I know it. And you can't reason me out of it. Amen. I imagine there was many that started out trying to help and quit. Brother Branham would say, he would say there was make-believers stood around the ark saying, well, the old man could have been right. And there's always those kind. But you see, he was going to possess his promise because it was his inheritance. And reasoning wasn't going to stop him. And discouragement wasn't going to stop him. And he wasn't going to be satisfied, come on, with, with, just, with, with just having an ark. And, uh, but no, the whole word had to be fulfilled. Are you with me? Amen. All down through the ages, there's been, there's been men who has had to put their faith into action. You see, it doesn't matter how great your sword is and how it can cut and how sharp it is if it remains in the scabbard. It doesn't matter how sharp the sword is if you don't, if you don't have the strength to use it. And the, and the hand of faith is what holds the sword. Amen. It's what presses the sword to the heart of the enemy. And it depends on how strong your faith is as to how big a hole you can cut through the unbelief. Amen. I'll tell you what, brother, we ought to be people of great faith. Amen. After seeing all that God has done in our generation to cause us to believe, amen, even after the miracles that he's done among us to cause us to believe, we ought to be a people of great faith. Amen. But really where our faith ought to be resting is not on those testimonies, but upon this word of God 
Amen. Because people can get sick and die. Amen. But this word never fails. It's always the truth. Amen. It was true in prior generations and it'll be true in our generation. It worked for our fathers and it'll work for us. And God, God said, let us know it was Eve compromising on the word of God, taking reasoning against the word of God that caused all the fall. Somebody help me preach now. Amen. It was because the word was laid aside for reasoning. And when you go to reasoning, that's when you go to getting in trouble. Amen. You go to reasoning. That's where your faith starts dropping. Because you're starting to disbelieve God's word. And it's turning from faith to unbelief. This is why the Bible said to cast down reasoning. Cast down imaginations. You know you got imaginations. I got imaginations. But you have to cast them down. I mean, you, you know your imaginations lie. How many had imaginations this week that never came to pass? So your, your imagination is an habitual liar. Your reasoning will turn out to be faulty. Amen. There's all kinds of things. Your imagination, your memory, your memory ain't even good. I mean, you think you remember what happened back there and you don't even remember. Somebody else came up and said, you forgot this part and you left that out. Yeah. You know why? Your memory is even faulty. Amen. Every, everything about your memory, your imagination, your conscience, your affections, and your reasoning are all faulty. There is only one thing that is sure and steadfast, and that's the Word of God. And our faith cannot be just in a testimony that someone had or even the testimonies of what happened in generations past. But our faith must rest firmly on the word of God. He said, I'll have a bride without spot, one without a wrinkle, and God's going to do it. He'll break every gate of hell to do it because his word will not return unto him void, but it will accomplish what he sent it to do. So if God said, I paid for your healing, my healing's paid for. He said, I want to give you the Holy Ghost more than you want to get it. I'm going to get the Holy Ghost because God's on my side. All I have to do is agree with him. Amen. But you see, faith is no good unless it's put into action. And faith becomes atrophied and weak when it's not used. The Bible said that, you know, that our senses must be exercised to discern both good and evil. So again, it takes an exercising of that faith. But, you know, it's like a guy training there. You know, they're lifting that weight and straining against it doesn't make him weaker. The trial that you're going through is not going to make you weaker. The trial, God knows, it's going to make you stronger. Amen. He's going to give you something greater than what you had before. Amen. A greater revelation, a greater understanding. Hallelujah. 
Why? Because, because you went through the trial. And the trial didn't stop you. The trial only made you stronger. It only proves you were a son. Everything the devil's been trying to do to prove that you're not a child of God, that you're not a son of God. Amen. God has been taking things and making it happen to prove to you, you are a son. You are a child. You will not quit. You overcome. You rise up above it. Amen. That the gates of hell cannot prevail against the revelation, that personal revelation that he's the Christ, the son of the living God. Hallelujah. You see, God's not afraid of the trial. He's not afraid of the test that you go through. He's not afraid of the discouragement as Satan blows your way. Ah, he knows you're human, but he knows God's life flows through you. That when the human only can go so far, the God life takes over. Amen. When your human faith gives out and you can't believe anymore that something takes over on the inside of you and makes you believe when you could not believe. Hallelujah. It's an old post. It's a tide post that when, when you would have given up, you don't give up. You don't quit. You keep going forward. And you realize there's another battle coming. But greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. I can do all things through Christ who empowers me. I am more than a conqueror through him that loved me. Neither height nor depth nor principalities nor powers nor any such thing can ever separate me from the love of God. That baptism of the Holy Ghost inside of me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. What a wonderful word. But it was all through faith. But faith is no good unless it's put into action. You see, you're not here to get awards and be put in a museum. You're here for a battle. Past men, past ages, and past things are all in the, human, in the museum of memories of ages past. These men wrought righteousness. These men overcame. These men the world was not worthy of. And Paul would put them there in his great hall of fame and show them as the great triumphs over the enemy. And he would show what faith did in previous generations to let you know that your faith is the same faith, but been made perfect. Amen. Because we are crucified with Christ. Yet, yet we live, not, yet not I, but the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. 
Hallelujah. Well, who can lose with Christ's faith in them? That's why Brother Branham, when he was shown, as he comes to, to the seven seals, and he's given a sword in his hand. And he was told, this is the king's sword. I want you to know that's what this message is. It's the king's sword. And it's not there to be put in the scabbard. It's not there so that we can act or go around and act smart and think we got something theologians ain't got. It isn't there, you know, so that we can tout our own wisdom and knowledge and our understanding is given to fight the devil with. The principal work of the church is to cast Satan out. Amen. When, when, the, enemy, when the enemy came in and here they were encamped against Israel, now they didn't belong there. Amen. They didn't belong in Israel. They, they had been, the land had been given to them. Listen, it goes to show you something. Not only have you got to conquer, you've got to fight to keep it. Hello, somebody. Amen. The enemy's going to come and try to keep that from you. Amen. And do everything that kind of thing he can to stop you. That's where Shamgar found himself. He was seed of Abraham. He had title to the land. God had given him that land. He had the word of God. That's the title. But he was living below his privileges. And instead of being a brave man, he was a coward out here. Amen. And, and, and not facing the enemy. And year after year it goes that way until his, his, his people, if I could say it, his church is starving. And the children are pinch-faced and hungry. And the devil is just running over them with cancers, with disease, with afflictions. Does that sound familiar? This was Shamgar. Amen. And yet, they, he had been given a word, this is your land. And he had been given a commission, cast him out. Amen. But year after year after year, he's putting up with it. He would go and he'd work and he would sow his seed only for the devil to come around and take away uh, the increase. And instead of the church increasing, the church is, is, is falling away. Are you with me? But you see, it didn't stop there. Amen. One day there was an awakening. Hallelujah. What? Everybody in Israel didn't awake, but one man, one man awoke. One man one day got angry at the devil. Come on, somebody. One day, one man got angry at the devil. He got mad that the word of God that was given wasn't being fulfilled, that they were living below their privileges. He got angry. Amen. He got angry because the sick laid. He got angry because there was no atmosphere of the Holy Ghost for children to be born. He got angry. Amen. That the word had been abandoned and been made a creed. He got angry about it. And that day, he, he didn't know what to take. He just found the first thing he saw, and that was an ox goat. Hallelujah. An ox goad is, is to goad the church along the way and make them keep them moving. But it's time we quit using it on the church and use it on the devil. Make him move for once. 
You're not going to control us anymore. You're not going to hold us down anymore. We are the seed of Abraham. This is our land. This is our promise. And take a word. I don't care what quote it is. I don't care what scripture it is. One of as good as another. Just grab it and take it in the hand of faith and go to killing for this things. He would say it like with Samson. Brother Bradham would say, destroy your enemy before he destroys you. It don't look like a sissified boy could ever, could ever do anything. He's a little weakling. Got seven locks on his head. Showing there's been seven powers of God through seven church ages. And that's what empowers us is the word. And he let the devil talk to men, Delilah, to, to talk him into going to sleep. You never lay your head on, on that woman's lap. She'll take away your power. Amen. She cut off his power. Amen. Amen. You know... He, he had had many victories. He had, he had t- taken many things that, that we could talk about this morning. He, could, he went out. Listen, it didn't matter what it was. In the hand of faith, it's going to conquer. So he's surrounded by a thousand Philistines, and he doesn't have a weapon. And he just finds one scripture. That's all you need. Amen. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we got a whole arsenal full, but you only shoot one arrow at a time. Amen. So pick up an arrow. Pick up a word. Hallelujah. And he looked there, and it was the jawbone of an ass. Amen. Come on, church. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. He could look there. He could look back there and he said, you know, if God could use a donkey one time to to talk to a prophet, God can use a donkey again. And he grabbed that that jawbone. Hallelujah. It was a new jawbone. The Bible said a new jawbone of an ass. Amen. And he started using that thing and he slayed one Philistine. And he slayed another. And he slayed another. And he slayed another. And he slayed another. And he began to pile them up in heaps. Hallelujah. Brother, I remember a Samson like that in our day. He piled wheelchairs up in heaps. He showed the blind could see, the deaf could hear. Amen. He showed the cripple could walk. And canes and crutches and cots would pile up and pile up and pile up because God was a healer. I tell you, he's no less a healer today. Amen. We need another Samson to pick up another scripture, another jawbone, and stand there on the word of promise and say, Amen. I am the Lord God that heals thee of all that diseases. Devil, you got to get back. You can't take my children. You can't take my home. You can't take our church. Amen. We have the victory. Because faith is the victory that overcometh the world. Amen. It overcometh in Samson's day. It overcometh Noah's day. It overcometh our day. 
No matter how the darkness has tried to come upon us, no matter how that some have laid their head in the lap of Delilah, there's a new crop growing. There's new hair going on. God's got a new crop. God's got a generation of people right now that'll take God in his word, that'll believe it against all the odds. If faith defeated the enemy then, then faith will defeat it now. Hallelujah. Are you with me? That's what God sent Elijah for, was to turn your heart back to believing again. Oh, hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. How are you going to possess it unless you take your sword? You can't possess it without taking the promise. The promise is to you, to your children, to them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Is that right? Amen. So God in every age has had somebody that will believe him. He's not going to be left without a witness in this day. He's not going to get down the end and we'll all be just old cold, dark Laodiceans. He's going to, there's going to be a people of faith who can put faith into action, who can believe God. Believe the testimony. His word. Believe his word and you shall be established. Hallelujah. We can look over here and we can, we can also see. And I was there some, some, year, some years ago. Now time gets away from me. But I've been preaching on this 61 weeks. 61 sermons trying to tell you about our land. And I was in the land of Israel and stood there and looked at the very place where David and Goliath fought their battle, where Goliath could come running down out of a high hill, you know, with his massive weight, his big shield, his great spear, his mighty sword. He could come running down there and, and you know, he was, he by himself was a formidable uh, army or adversary. Amen. He, he by himself. And he comes out and makes his boast every day. And we had a bunch of faithless people. You know, Brother Brandon would say that he saw it in his generation. He said, he said I, I, Goliath has been going about in the land in preachers saying the days of miracles are past and there's no such thing as divine healing. Do you realize what this man had to go up against? A whole generation of unbelief. Amen. You think he was lauded by the newspapers and by the preachers? He wasn't. He was rejected. 
Oh man, they ridiculed him. They made fun of him. They put their, his name in the paper. They, they had all kinds of things. But he said, the enemy, Goliath, has been going up the land, up and down the country, saying the days of miracles is past. He says, now I'm going out as a David with a little slingshot. Did somebody ever hear this? Of what? Faith. Amen. Now, all David did, he got five stones. Amen. Amen. Some say that he got five stones because he got one for Goliath and the rest for his brothers. Amen. But he, you know, he, he only, he got in there and Brother Brandon said he would select them. He selected those stones and he typed it out to the name of Jesus. J-E-S-U-S. Right? Amen. So he reached out. Well, he, listen, he didn't get but to J before the devil was dead. Amen. He didn't even have to get all the way to the end. He just got to J. And Goliath was on the ground. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm talking about people, friend. You think you got to quote the devil every scripture in the Bible? Just take one. Amen. The word of God will defeat the devil anywhere, any place, at any time. Amen. Just take one word. Of course, we live by every word. But I have just one word to defeat him. Hallelujah. So David would take and sling that stone, let it go, and giants fell. Amen. We've seen that happen in our generation. Amen. But after David, there was other men, the men of David, that went out and found the rest of Goliath's brothers. You see, it ain't good enough that God sent a prophet and killed Goliath. Amen. We got to get them all down. Every enemy. We cannot be satisfied leaving one enemy in our promised land. We must take it all. But you see, it is by faith that we do it. And it's by faith in the word of God. That's how we possess it. Now, all down to the ages, we can look. We can see. Brother, if you want the greatest weapon there ever was, and that's that tomb of Jesus. Because there he defeated death, hell, and the grave. And I want you to know as his children today, all your enemies is defeated. Cancer is defeated. Amen. Sickness of all kinds is defeated. Generational curses is defeated. Is anybody still with me? Doctrines of devils. The Bible calls them doctrines of devils and seducing spirits. But they're all defeated. And at Calvary, he defeated both sin. I want you to know there's not a sin problem that you're dealing with this morning that he didn't defeat. Every one of them are defeated. Do you realize the devil don't have a legal right on you? He does not have a claim on you. 
He don't have a right to you. He has not a right to your body. He has not a right to your spirit. He has not a right to your soul. But you got a right, and that's to cast him out. And it won't happen until you get out of your lethargic ways and put your faith into action and say, I defy that devil. I defy that enemy. Because I'm going forth in the power of the resurrection. Because Satan is defeated. And I'm dealing with a defeated enemy. You say, Brother Tim, he's a roaring lion. Yeah, but like Pilgrim on his way up, or the, 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 the yeah, pilgrim on his way up the journey as he as he goes up the, the journey and up the hill, here's a here's a line that comes and opposes him. And of course, coward runs back. And man, an impatient, he, he goes to scattering. And all these others of his company that was with him goes to leaving him. Now I'm talking about John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress. Amen. And Christian no goes on. Amen, he's a little afraid to do it because, you know, but he wants to get to that celestial city. And he realized God's been with me through all these other times. I've been in the dungeon of despair. And I overcame the despair. You have too. The devil's tried to lock you in the prison of discouragement, of depression. Amen. Remember, Christian, God got put in there. Let me just stop for a minute. He got put in there because, because, uh, you know, he, he wanted to take a shortcut. And so he goes to the, to, to the, 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 the slough of despond. He gets down in this valley, you know, and he's out of the will of God. Amen. Have you ever been out of the will of God? Well, you probably didn't travel very far if you hadn't. Amen. All of us have been out of the will of God. Amen. We got into his permissive will instead of his perfect will. But I got news for you. God ain't going to leave you there. Hallelujah. This God said you're going to go all the way. You might have got in my permissive will, but I'll work it around and get you back on the path again, back to my perfect will. Again, because you're unstoppable. You're unsinkable. He gets down in the slough, despond, and what happens to him? He gets there and gets caught by the giant of despair. And while he's there, he's locked into prison. Amen. And every day, the enemy comes, won't feed him. He just comes and beats him every day. You know how it is when you're in despair. The enemy comes every day and starts beating you and beating you and beating you. You should have done this. You should have listened here. You shouldn't have went this way. You know, you're not too good of a Christian. You're not going to make it. You're here in this. You're locked up here in this prison. And here he gets day after day. He's desperate. And he's trying, he shakes the bars, he tries the locks, he tries to figure out some way, you know, what he does, when he'll walk in again, I'll slip out only to be knocked back down again. And finally one day, he laid back down in his cell, and his hand falls on something that he 
was given when he started out on the journey. And he reaches down there and he says, it's the key. It's the key of promise. Hallelujah. And he says, I wonder if it'll fit this lock. And all of a sudden, faith comes into him to start using a promise. And he puts that promise in the door of that prison, in the lock, and it it fits just perfect. Let me tell you, the promise of God's word, any promise of God's word will fit perfectly to get you out of any dungeon, any valley of despair, any prison house. Just take that promise and put it in and turn it. There ain't but about 7,000 of them laying right here. Take any of them. The devil can't stop you. He opened, he put that key in, turned it, and slipped out of that prison. Amen. And escaped out of that dungeon on his journey. And now he meets a lion. You see, one time, one time you think you're through, and here the enemy comes in another way. Amen. And so here he hears this lion roaring. You know, the friends that has went with him, they all go running back. They're scared. Oh, we, we, we can't, but I want to go to that celestial city. So he keeps pressing on, and he gets closer, and the lion roars gets louder and more ferocious. And finally, he sees him. He's a big lion. He's huge. He's huge. And he, for a moment, steps back and surveys it and looks there kind of trembling. Oh, what will he do? What will he do? He'll tear me to shreds. And he notices he can only go so far. Amen. And he gets, he gets up a little closer, and he realizes he ain't got no teeth. And he looks a little closer, and there's no claws. He's been defanged and declawed. And he's tied up and chained. Oh, hallelujah. I want you to know that's what Jesus did to the old lion. He can roar. He can scream. He can holler. He can come against you. But he is powerless. He is limited. He can only go so far. He is chained. And not only is chained, he has no teeth and he has no claws. You are, the, you are dealing with a defeated enemy. And I'm telling you this morning, it's all through faith. And somebody's going to believe. Will you believe with me this morning? Stand to your feet and give praise to God. Hallelujah. Say it, I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved me. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. morning. Just give him glory. Hallelujah. Thank him for your freedom. Thank him that you're dealing with a defeated enemy this morning. Amen. Amen. Miriam, your enemy's dead. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What an awesome God we serve. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord this morning. Glorify your God. Our God is awesome. He can move mountains. Keep me in the valley. Hide me from the rain. My God is awesome. 